This presentation is from UX Australia 2016, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. All good? Yeah. Lana Georgie. Thank you. Okay, so we're all probably aware of the public's perception of government online services. You don't really need to look far to find negative feedback. And you may also recall a recent event which left us all questioning what Australia's population was. So what we're finding is um, that the community actually has a real appetite for moving government services online. Um, the problem that we're facing is that the experiences, the products and services that we're creating are not matching user expectations. So how can we make this better? Hello everyone, my name is Lana and you've probably guessed that I work for government. At the ATO, in fact, um, but before you all leave, I have spent most of my career working in private, and I think that the challenges that we face are very similar. Um, this was the original title of my presentation, a bit long, a bit waffly, but in essence, what we're talking about is um, intuition complementing data. So we all make assumptions. Um, I know I'm very guilty of doing this. Uh, user research, I think it's really good at uncovering problems and, and issues and, and opportunities, but it doesn't necessarily let us know uh, what the solutions are. So we draw on our own experiences and our intuition to create those solutions. We also have on the other side of the fence um, business who are in love with vanity metrics. Um, everyone loves a good dashboard and they love numbers. Unfortunately, we're, we're tracking things like uh, page views and form completions, which don't necessarily give us an indication of the quality of experience that we're delivering. So using your intuition or using data alone is not enough. Um, together is what powers better questions and better answers. Okay, so just looking at government specifically, um, when UX fails, the stakes are really high. Um, so if you have a look at those things on the left, um, where... In the firing line, we're open to public scrutiny, um, but the opportunity is um, if we can create a successful user experience, um, we're really driving compliance and there's the opportunity for, for advocacy. So acknowledging all of this, um, we in the ATO decided that we needed to do a few things to fix this. Uh, firstly, we needed to start designing in partnership with the community, with our users. Um, so we needed to, to stop guessing and start to validate some of these assumptions that we have um, and provide that evidence because that makes the case for change. Uh, this is something I wanted to include. I don't know if you've heard of the three E's, um, which are very big in the customer experience world. So we're talking about efficiency, ease, and empathy. And I think for government in particular, we don't often focus on empathy. So um, even though our team works a lot with data, we, we always start with empathy. Um, we build it into our team process, and it's part of our culture. So really, really important. Um, it's also really important to Snapchat. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to debate uh, whether you think the experience in Snapchat is fantastic or confusing if you're not 14 years old, but I think the success of the product really speaks for itself. Okay, so I, I did want to introduce you to our capability for online unmoderated user testing. Um, we're actually calling this ATO Beta, and I thought I'd give you a brief history because there's a bit of a, a story to how this started. It started about 12 months ago. 
Um, and what we actually wanted to do was create a beta site for our website. So it was like a mirror site where we would change things and test it with the community online um, before we um, push those changes through to our live site. We didn't end up um, being able to do that. Um, it actually ended up being a, a bit of a, a test bed or an, um, a CMS upgrade uh, test environment. And then we, we ended up with a, with a bit of a UX blog. So significantly de-scoped, but we thought there was a bit of an opportunity here. So what we started doing was creating prototypes and all of our concepts and ideas um, in the design thinking phase, we started uh, putting them out there. So this was something that was a little bit scary, I think, for our organization to have these um, quite early ideas and concepts um, public facing, but the public were really, um, they loved it. Uh, we were quite surprised actually at the level of engagement. So people actually started giving us a lot of feedback online, um, which was fantastic. Um, so this is just a snapshot of one of the screens. So we kind of throw up these, these individual tests. Usually they only go for about 15 minutes or less because we find the drop-off rates are quite large if we make a longer test and being an online environment and everyone's so busy these days. So yeah, it's kind of evolved now into a much bigger team. We started off with three people. We now have nine people um, working on it. So mostly a blend of uh, designers and researchers. Uh, and I think we've done about uh, nearly 30 tests now. So um, yeah, it's, it's going well. We're really surprised. This is um, just a little chart that shows um, we've got like a, a way that people can jump on the site and subscribe to become a tester to help us out. So it's just a free thing that people do out, out of the kindness of their heart. Um, we've got over a thousand people now that have put their hand up and they're just willing to help us improve government services, which we're, we're very shocked. We haven't actually done marketing or advertising to grow this list, so um, it's fantastic. And uh, this is just a pic of the guys. I wanted to include uh, the team. Poor Joey, one of our designers, has a broken hand. He's still coming to work trying to prove he's ambidextrous, but I, I love their commitment. Okay. So I want to um, just talk about the types of online user testing. Broadly speaking, this is a, a gross generalization, but there's two types of, of unmoderated user testing. Um, the first type is video recording. So this is when um, some, a user um, is just using their camera and they're recording themselves. They're talking through what they're doing um, and what they're thinking. And usually it's, there's a screen recording as well, tracking, recording what they're doing. Um, and this is just a, a quirky example. So this is a real site. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called The User Is Drunk. Um, this guy gets really, really drunk and he tests your website and tells you if it's good or bad. So the theory is that if a drunk person can use your site, that anyone can. This is quite good. Um, the second type, which is the type that we mostly do, um, is behavior captured through data. So we use a lot of third-party tools. Uh, this type of testing is really good for those larger data sets because you're using a tool which automates the collation of the data that you're getting. So we're doing things probably um, in the hundreds and thousands, so um, using tools like this is, is really great for us. Um, and just quickly, I mean, you guys are probably familiar with methodologies like this, but we're doing um, more like hypothesis-driven hypothesis development. So when we discover an idea, um, we define that, and uh, we do that by creating a hypothesis. So it's our assumption that we want to test. We build a test around that assumption. Um, we validate it, and usually we, we iterate it. So what can happen after we test something and analyze the results? Uh, usually one of three things can happen. 
uh, we can figure out that it's not a problem at all, so we no longer address it. Um, we can find a different problem, which is actually quite common, and um, or we can, the solution that we tested actually um, fixes that problem. Okay, this is a snapshot of our favorite tools. We use lots of different tools because we test anything from discovery to development, so depending on what we're testing will depend on the, the tool set that we use, but these are some of our favorite ones. Shout out to Anya because we absolutely love Optimal Workshop. It's really, really good. It has this one feature where you can uh, share a link uh, to anyone, uh, so we send it to our stakeholders and they can actually see the results coming in in real time. It's really, really cool. Okay, and I did promise that I would talk about some of the benefits of this type of testing. Uh, so obviously you don't need a physical space or any expensive equipment, everything is online. Um, the fact that it's available 24 hours, I mean, it's good for us, but it's really, really good for our participants. We have users that, that we want to test with, people like tax professionals and people that run small businesses, and they're, they're really, really busy. So um, trying to coordinate and, and schedule sessions for them to come in and see us is sometimes very difficult, and we don't get the coverage of the locations that we need. So, um, yeah, recruitment is significantly streamlined, and there's obviously no cost involved. Um, yeah, it's really, really great to be able to now, because we've grown our subscription to over a thousand people, we're throwing tests up, going home, and then almost overnight, um, you come in the next day and you've got all these results, so it's fantastic. Um, another big thing is um, being government, being the tax office. Um, this is a big one for us. There's a lot less chance of bias when we're doing the online testing. We're very overt about letting people know the testing is anonymous. Uh, and I think it can be quite daunting for people sometimes having to come into the tax office and, and um, actually sit in an environment where they're not, maybe not so comfortable. So if they're at home or in their normal workplace completing a test, they'll feel a lot more comfortable. But there is a couple of drawbacks. I think the main thing um, with the online testing is you don't get that interaction um, with the participants. So there's no two-way. So we can still do... Uh, Qual stuff online, we still do a lot of surveys, we ask a lot of questions and we get really, really great feedback. Um, but what we can't do is ask a question, hear the answer and then um, adjust what we're going to say based on that. So we can't dig it a little bit deeper into, to find out a little bit more and have that two-way conversation. But again, I mean, it really just is about using both, both types. Um, so yeah, we mostly do the quantitative stuff on our online site, it's very suited to that type. Um, of discovery, um, but we do do qual stuff too, and I think you just need to keep doing both and, um, yeah, using the strengths of, of one type and, and balancing that with the other. Okay, so I really wanted to include this example. So, um, when I'm talking about using your experience and your intuition and coupling that with the data, if you don't, this is what happens. So, if you're individually doing tests um, and just doing what the data tells you, this is what will happen. So it doesn't cover off on things like you might have a, a, a brand, for example. You know, the data doesn't know that. So death by 1,000 A-B test, just be warned um, and always use your experience and your intuition and, and use that with the data. So I guess in finishing, when designing services, yeah, intuition really isn't enough, um, but neither is the data by itself. So our teams really use both. Um, we hire really, really good people um, that can empathize with our users and we use their skills and expertise and the data we collect. Um, and that's how we make informed decisions. 
Also for us, participation really is everything. Um, without our army of, of user testing volunteers online, um, we really have no way to get those insights and, and we can't make our products and services better. So this is when I do a bit of a shameless plug um, and ask you guys to please jump onto our site. Um, we really want to know if our services suck because it's the only way that we can make them better. And uh, just remember that um, data, it only helps you tell stories. It, it's people that tell the stories. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from UX Australia 2016. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.